0: Stevens, the Ascension and Sugar you're with Julian on the brown note and movie review time Greenland the most ridiculous release schedule of the year um, this film costs like 35 million dollars budget wise and they've messed around with it in the American market now they released this overseas and not in America and it easily made more than 35 million dollars on overseas box office in a year when films aren't making anything And they're still messing around with it in America. It is such a 2020 end of society movie. It would have easily done double that in the American market, at least the same. And they're still pushing it out there to come out on streaming services in America next year. I think it's the dumbest release strategy I've seen. It's already done its overseas very low-key, hardly promoted overseas business, easily making back its budget. Its director is Rick Roman War, and I've got a lot of time for this guy. He makes the kind of movies that don't get much attention, but I've actually really liked. He was a stuntman. Um, but I did really like his 2008 film, Felon, which was a loosely true story about a very notorious correctional facility in America where they did barbaric things to inmates like make them fight and shoot the one shoot them if they refuse to or if they lost um he did snitch which was starring the rock another film which isn't perfect but again i kind of liked it where he has to go basically his son gets arrested for a drugs deal gone wrong and he has to then go undercover and work for the cartels as a snitch it's a bit far-fetched but it's actually really good um, and Shot Caller, another prison one about the Aryan nation. I thought it was really good. None of these films got any attention. And he rescued the uh, White, White House Down franchise with um, Angel Has Fallen, which I actually thought was pretty decent, compared to London Has Fallen, which was unwatchable. I thought it was all right. He's coming back with the sequel, Night Has Fallen. Um, in between, he's made the movie Greenland. Now, this is a classic end-of-the-world meteor film, Um, it stars stars someone that... Gerard Butler... Gerard Butler is someone that is... um, He's like Jeremy Renner, but worse. Jeremy Renner is capable of being a really good actor and he has been in films like The Town or whatever. If you give him good material, he's excellent. If you give him average material, he isn't. He's um, an anonymous beefcake. And Gerard Butler seems to be just a little bit further over. Now this is it's 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 such an overused trope but hardly any of these films are ever any good um and this time around i was very very impressed so at the start of the film which all happens quite dramatically and intensely we get gerard butler as a a construction worker uh his wife Who he is estranged from is the wonderful, gorgeous Marina Baccarin, who's been in lots of things. Uh, She's an alumni of the much lauded, much lamented Firefly, Um, but she's been in lots and lots of things over the year. I think she's a Brazilian actress. She plays his estranged wife. They still seem to live in the same house and they have a son, a young son. Well, there's this stuff on the news about a comet that's heading. Vaguely towards the Earth. It's uh, an unusual comet in that it is th- right tens of thousands of miles across and made up of lots of lots and lots of individual comets, all part of the same thing. Very quickly, very bad things happen. Uh, they start to say that some of the pieces are going to impact Earth, and the first big one does. And this is all quite close to the start of the film. They think it's going to hit the ocean and it hits Tampa in Florida and absolutely annihilates much of Florida. From that point on, uh, in in the best part of the film, which is the opening half hour, we get some really good stuff happening, which is he gets these mobile phone messages which are instantly terrifying, saying from the Department of Homeland Security, like setting off this klaxon sound on your mobile phone saying you've got to be home you've got to have one bag packed and you and your wife and your son have been chosen to come to this air force base and be transported and the terror mounts wonderfully and probably the best part of the film is he has a a barbecue with his friends and neighbours and when they're sitting there he's just come home from finding out this news and it comes over the tv because it's all streamed from their phones that your family has been selected to come to this Air Force Base and be transported to a secure facility. And all his neighbours are sitting there with his kids in his lounge room. And those parts are the strongest of the film. The immediate horror and animosity of his neighbours towards him and the, the, the mutual understanding of that is probably the best part of the film. And it becomes apparent that these meteors are actually going to wipe out planet Earth. And quickly. Um, and that the, a number of people have been chosen and they have to travel to air force bases and they're going to be transported to Greenland to these underground bunkers to survive an extinction level event. Obviously hundreds of films have, have broadly operated in this paradigm but the one that I will come back to the most would be, I think, a classic film, Deep Impact. It never got regarded as a classic film initially but I think over the years the human element of it and the fact that so much of it is based around humanity and feeling has really elevated that film i think it is a classic um and and that's this is the closest to that this is nothing like armageddon at all and there is no saving the world which i loved i kind of got a bit over the um in deep impact where they do in fact save the world at the end i thought i was kind of I'm a really grimy person. I was kind of looking forward to the end of the world because they never actually go there. They always manage to save us at the last minute. Um, This isn't ever on the cards. What happens then is society falls apart. He and his wife and his kid head off to this Air Force base and along the way you can see everything happening. Shops being looted and people becoming more and more aggressive and eventually realising that a section of them are about to be saved. They get to the Air Force Base and their son is a diabetic. Unfortunately, that means that he can't come, and none of them can. And the whole thing goes to hell in a handbasket really quickly, because the people start to realise what's going on and overrun these facilities, and it all goes to hell big time. Now, these films are always done badly, but honestly, there's so much of this film that I have got a lot of time for It is within minutes of it starting, everything is going wrong. Uh, The build towards the worst of it over the first half hour or so is very, very strong and the best part of the film, particularly the gazes of his neighbours and the fact that they know that he is being saved. Why are you being saved? Why are my children going to die? And so on. And then when people revert uh, revert to their basest animalistic behaviour in trying to save their own families and the horrible things that happen. its a point where their own child gets kidnapped by a family who toss the wife on the side of the road because he's got an armband on and they wanna to get to safety. Um, and people acting in the, in the worst ways possible. The whole film is very neatly done. It's not superfluous. We're in the midst from 10 minutes in, we're right in the middle of the whole thing and it doesn't stop until the end um the meteor strikes on the earth are pretty terrifying uh the the collapse of society is well done and very timely uh it does show you know what would happen if a pandemic actually did 10 times worse than coronavirus what would happen you know we're stealing we're, we're rushing to supermarkets to buy toilet paper if it was 10 times worse what would be happening what would we be be doing to our neighbors to get through this what would we do to survive? Would we kill our neighbours? In this instance, the yes. Um, and it is completely understandable the way that people behave. They're not really villains here. There are people that are desperate and there are people that are being saved because of an arbitrary number system. Or because they have a certain thing that is required to rebuild society afterwards. They don't go down any road of trying to save us from these comets Or save the planet globally from these comets. It is purely a set number of people are going to be underground in a bunker and survive the worst and then have to come out and deal with a planet that has been broadly destroyed. Um, I think they do everything well by focusing on such a narrow range. Gerard Butler's accent is something to behold. He starts, I think he's been reasonable in most of his films as an American. Here, he starts as an American and throughout the course of the film, he becomes more and more Scottish until they are literally talking about kilts at the end. It's almost like they said you're "Not, to, you just keep slipping into Scottish. It's very distracting. What I wanted to give him credit for here is something I'm making up, which is that he is a Scottish person in America that is putting on an American accent to fit in. I'm making that up for him, but I'm sure that kind of happens a bit. And the more the stress happens, the more Scottish he becomes, until they're talking about kilts. It's like they got halfway through and went, forget doing the accent, just be a Scot. I wish they'd made him fully Scottish from the start. Gerard Butler isn't always good in films. Uh, He's usually in a lot of poor films, but he does good work here. And so does uh, the counterpoint, his wife, Marina Baccarin, is wonderful as a wife as well. The kid is quite annoying you're actually kind of hating for having diabetes that's awful thing to say but this is a really good film it's one of the best end of the world trope films i've seen it's very timely it focuses on how humans themselves break down there's never any spaceship flying off to save us all Uh, this is you know one run to get to queensland and the uh, degradation of society along the way so it's a very simple premise but given it, it shows how near society would be to collapsing within a day it's a pretty timely one and i thought it was very well done the effects are sparing but pretty terrifying when they happen john glenn shows up always welcome as the dad um the people along the way uh, butler and his wife sort of find out what's important in life but it does ring true here uh, he's had an affair and he's broken their marriage but this is kind of like none of that matters at the moment um, i thought this is an exciting film a dynamic film it's tight it hasn't it doesn't go off wandering any direction it doesn't have superfluous characters the effects are good um, it's quite shocking at times watching people become their basest demons to try and survive and the whole thing just reeks of 2020 so i'm going to give greenland and eight and a half out of ten because i think i would probably give it an eight but it gets an extra half point for really slotting into this year very well so greenland well worth watching one of the best end of the world films i've seen doesn't do any of the bad stuff it's not too noble it's not too heroic it doesn't get bloated there are no speeches about how Humanity will survive this. It is just the end of the world, and a really good effort from the director. His best film so far, I'm going to give Greenland 8.5 out of 10.